Welcome to the Candace Malcolm Show. The balance of probabilities would suggest that I am, in fact, Candace Malcolm, but all evidence I believe and hope truly points to the contrary. It is my great privilege, Andrew Lawton, to be here for a guest-hosted edition of Fake News Friday. The fakest news of them all is that this is the Candace Malcolm Show today. But you know what, Nay? Even in Candace's absence, it's always the uh, Candace Malcolm Show, but I'm happy to be a bit of a seat warmer here. We try to strive for some semblance of consistency, though, so it's my great pleasure to have with us True North, producer and journalist and host of the new show Ratioed, Harrison Faulkner joining us on the line here. Harrison, how was the week? I know it's Friday, so we do a bit of a retrospective on fake news, but I'm looking back at your life this week. How's it been so far? Well, it's been a bit of a wild week, Andrew. We've got the travel mandate suspended, not dropped, suspended, which is an important uh, difference. And of course, we've got Bill C-11, which was quietly shuffled in through the uh, back door by Justin Trudeau. So there's quite a lot to get into and, and looking forward to it. And yeah, you, you couldn't shake me this week. I, I all, I'm also here for, uh, for Fake News Friday. Yeah, believe me, I tried, but uh, you came with the package, apparently. Uh, I kid, of course, and I will say that that is, you mentioned the air travel vaccine mandate. That might be like the honorary fake news mentioned because everyone was reporting initially that it was scrapped, and then you look at the fine print, as always, and it's, oh, no, 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 it's suspended pending the emergence of, you know, the Omega, Omicron, Delta, hybrid, Indian, double variant, or whatever else is being cooked up in Wuhan as we speak right now. Uh, but let's get to the official fake news Friday stories. The uh, first one, is about the convoy and specifically about the federal government's invocation of the Emergencies Act, which I would say has been the gift that keeps on giving in the last couple of weeks. Because every time the committee looking into the Emergencies Act meets, someone else undermines the government's narrative that this was police that had requested it. Uh, but in this particular case, it was Christian Freeland, the Deputy Prime Minister and the Finance Minister who was in the hot seat, and she was grilled about using a, a debunked CBC story as the basis for the Emergencies Act. We know government and police relied heavily on media coverage of this, which oftentimes was very incorrect, either because they were missing things or, in fact, they just blatantly misrepresented it. Uh, let's throw to a clip here to set the stage for what we're talking about. March 21st, 2002, the CBC, without any explanation, without apology, without any clarity, retracted their story regarding the funding of the protest. You were aware of that? Again, I'm not speaking for the CBC. I'm speaking for I'm the I'm not the asking Ministry you to speak for the CBC. I'm asking, were you informed that the CBC retracted the story, the false story, about foreign funding uh, donations to the convoy. I don't believe that the CBC is being interrogated here. I believe it's the government. Just of answer the question, Minister Freeland. Were you aware, yes or no? It's a simple question. I don't have the article before me, and I'm not here to answer questions about the CBC. You, as the most senior cabinet minister and the deputy prime minister, relied upon that initial story from the CBC and shared your concerns with Canadians regarding terrorism funding and money laundering. Your words, correct? Let me be very clear. My principal concern when it comes to the illegal occupation and the illegal blockades... Let me be very Canada. clear, Minister Freeland. Your words several times in the House referred to terrorism funding and money laundering. Are you saying you didn't use those words? 
I am speaking here today and I am talking about the central motivation of our very serious And actions. I'm here to ask you questions and I expect, unlike question period, I expect a response. My core concern as Minister of Finance and my central justification for these very serious measures that we put in place. You're not answering the question, I'm going to move on. The, the uh, Deputy Director of FinTrack, Mr. McKellop, confirmed at committee that the convoy funding did not come from terrorism funding or money laundering and the typical person who donated hundreds and thousands of dollars to the convoy came from their own resources and posed no security threat. What I accept, Mr. Brock, is that the core threat was to the Canadian economy. Thank you I for made the that clear in my minister. opening remarks and that is my view. Thank you for the non-response, Minister. Very helpful. Well, <laughs> uh, I should. I apologize for not putting a, a trigger warning at the beginning of it because that was two minutes of Christian Freeland uh, doing whatever that was. But uh, Conservative MP Larry Brock not letting go, not relenting, not taking his foot off the gas, uh, talking about the CBC funding, the FinTrack stuff, all of that. And at its core, she says that, you know what, we're, we're not in the business of answering for CBC. And why this is a fake news Friday inclusion is because CBC decided it would start providing cover for the government. That's my only interpretation that I can come up with for this. A CBC editorial from Brody Fenlon, who is uh, one of the editorial muckety-mucks there, and he said, no, CBC News did not retract its stories on convoy protest donations. And he says they stand by their reporting. They go through the list and say, no, 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 we, we didn't retract anything at all. Uh, we'll, we'll get into why that's not true. But Harrison, I want to hear your thoughts first off on that evisceration in committee. Oh, well, it was, it was quite, it was quite, it was quite entertaining. I have to say, I mean, I've been trying to watch as much as I can of the inquiry process, trying to keep up with what's going on. And we've seen some high profile uh, testimonies. We've seen the Attorney General, David Lametti. We've seen Marco Mendicino testify. But on Tuesday, it was Freeland went up first, and then she was followed by Bill Blair. So on Tuesday, it really was uh, one of those uh, one of those special nights on the inquiry. And watching this, I, I, it's no surprise, Andrew, that the clip itself, when we put it up on True North, it has, I think it has over 500,000 views. And I think it's really just because most people who are tuned in, in fairness, like 210,000 of those are me, me just refreshing and watching it again. Yeah, yeah. I still and, then, very well. and then a good number of those are myself. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing that people who are watching the coverage that independent media like True North is putting out are aware of the fact that uh, that the CBC or the government relied on a CBC article to invoke the Emergencies Act or heavily relied on, on CBC coverage because that's what we knew back in February. Uh, Anthony Fury wrote in the Toronto Sun that the CBC or that the government relied on a, on a CBC article to invoke the Emergencies Act because I think they weren't getting the answers they were hoping for from the police. They weren't getting the answers they were hoping for from intelligence. So we all knew this was the case. And it really hadn't been brought up, Andrew, in the inquiry process until Larry Brock decided to let Freeland have it. And I think she was caught off guard. She wasn't, as she said, she wasn't there to answer questions about the CBC. But it was just uh, it was just a great clip to watch. I have to say that uh, it was a long time coming too. that that someone had to had to field some heat for the fact that they didn't have police to rely on for this. They didn't have intelligence to rely on for this. All they had was the CBC, which Fake News Friday viewers know very well. We routinely mock and make fun of on the show for being fake. So just another example, Andrew, of uh, of them 
doing what they usually do, which is twist the facts and put out fake stories. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just focus on this very easily debunked claim for a moment that uh, we saw. And if we can throw it up on the screen again there, the CBC editorial, no CBC News did not retract its stories on convoy protest donations. So they say they stand by it. They say that, oh, it's misinformation that CBC walked back certain bits of coverage. They, they say especially it's referring to stories about foreign donations to the convoy protest that were being made by GoFundMe and Give, Send, Go, even though we've had a number of financial experts and GoFundMe people and Give, Send, Go people that have testified before that parliamentary committee and others to say, no, 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 it's, it was the vast majority was Canadian. And there was also, though, this report in Blacklock's Reporter, CBC pulls false convoy story. And specifically this section, on February 10th, in a report about the protest convoy, CBC Radio's The World This Hour incorrectly said GoFundMe ended a fundraiser for the protesters over questionable donations to the group. No explanation was given. And there have been other examples as well where CBC has corrected this and they've changed this. They've made amendments to it. And they're still claiming, no, 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 we haven't. Just because we haven't hit the delete button on the story, we haven't admitted that we got the facts fundamentally wrong. And, and one of them in particular that I think is interesting to point out here, and CBC stood by this one and shouldn't have, was its reporting on that guy, Martin Joseph Engelard, who was this, this grifter that said that his life savings were drained because of the convoy, when in actuality he was the one cashing out on it, and then he was making money. And then when he went to the media, people sent him more money. And we presented CBC with hard and fast evidence that what they reported was wrong, and they said, no, 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 we stand by it. So CBC does have a track record. I mean, they did make a lot of changes here, Harrison, but they also have a track record of doubling down when they really shouldn't. Well, yeah, and, and just to go back, uh, Andrew, to the statement by Brody Fellin, the editor-in-chief of CBC News. I mean, he can, you, can, you can not issue a retraction, and the story can still be false. CBC even admitted to Blacklocks that their radio program detailing these accusations of foreign donations and, and, and dangerous donations from around the world was false. So they said it was false. And you, can, you don't have to release a uh, write a retraction for the story to be actually false. And I think they're trying to play word games here and say, no, well, we stand by our reporting. We didn't retract our story. Well, fair enough. But you did admit to Blacklocks that your radio program parroting the exact same lines that, you had, that they had been talking about throughout the convoy protest to give the government some ammunition to uh, basically attack these protesters. Well, they said it was false. So it's it's just one of those one of those interesting interesting word games by the CBC to say that no, we're we're standing by our journalism. We didn't retract anything. But then in March, actually, they admitted that what they wrote was false. So just one of those one of those interesting uh, one of those interesting facts about the CBC. It ten they tend to do that. And as you said, talk about primary evidence with uh, Martin Joseph Engelhart. You interviewed him on the show. I mean, how much more how much more accurate can you get other than that? Yeah. Uh, but then uh, let's talk about our next story here, Andrew, because as we talked about at the, at the beginning of the show, this week has been a, a little bit crazy uh, along with dropping the, or suspending the vaccine mandate. Trudeau very quietly ended debate, ended any sort of uh, parliamentary scrutiny over bill C-11, a sweeping internet uh, regulation bill, which will basically force streamers or, or social media content providers to put forward what the CRT, CRTC determines to be Canadian content. And basically, the, the heritage minister, the person overseeing this bill, of course, 
took out the usual liberal line these days of accusing anyone who disagrees with him of misinformation. So if conservatives disagree or if conservatives not disagree, but take issue with the, with the specific bill, no, no, that's not, uh, that's not legitimate. It's misinformation. Well, we have a clip from Tim Upple, who's the conservative, uh, conservative MP in the House, and grilled the, the liberals for this exact thing, for stopping debate on a major piece of internet censorship legislation. Let's watch that clip. Mr. Speaker, as we just heard, the Liberals have shut down debate on Bill C-11. In fact, MPs voted on over 100 amendments without any debate at all. The Liberals are actually changing what Canadians see online without debate and behind closed doors. It is clear from expert testimony that this bill will allow CRTC to regulate user-generated content. That's why, through a series of vital amendments, the Conservatives tried to fix this bill. But our common sense amendments were shot down by the Liberals and the NDP without Shame. any debate. Shame. When will the government listen to some reason and fix this disastrous bill? Yeah. The Honourable Minister for Canadian Heritage. Well, Mr. Speaker, I think that the Conservatives should support this bill because this bill is about creators. It's about creators. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help them because they're very, very creative with the truth, Mr. Speaker. That's what they are. Now, if they read the bill, they would know that it's about, it's about online platforms contributing to our culture, and they have a problem with that. It's a shame, Mr. Speaker. So, Andrew, uh, we, we, we put forward Canadian content all the time at True North. In fact, we only do Canadian content. But something tells me that the CRTC isn't going to give us as fair a shake as they may, uh, may give to someone like the CBC or the Globe and Mail. Yeah, I'm just more offended by the fact that he failed to land a, a very easy joke. I mean, that would like this is Canadian comedy, though, because you, you don't actually get the punchline. You get something that vaguely resembles a joke. And we're going to be seeing more uh, Pablo Rodriguez uh, approved humor, which is to say not humor at all. So, uh, yeah, you are right. And, you know, again, you know, as a Canadian media outlet, some people might say, well, yeah, you should be liking this. You should be liking the idea that you're going to have more Canadian content profiled, except what people fail to realize is that it's liberal approved Canadian content, Canadian government approved Canadian content. And so much of this is really dependent on regulations that aren't even in the bill, what CRTC will ultimately come up with down the road. And there is something very insidious about literally a bill that people think is going to regulate speech being uh, having debate suspended. So you can't, have the robust debate and discussion you need on that. And and I think you were right to point out, Harrison, that, that it is this, this double standard of, yeah, it's, we, we're the only ones that are the authorities on truth. Everything else is misinformation. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and the, the, the real problem with this, uh, with this bill, Andrew, is that what we know is, is the liberals have told us many times, Pablo Rodriguez has told us many times that this bill, Bill C-11, won't regulate user-generated content. It won't impact what you, the viewer, might be posting on social media, might be putting out there. Uh, however, the people in charge of overseeing the regulation, the CRTC, have admitted the exact opposite. We wrote in True North that the CRTC confirmed in the committee that, in fact, yes, user-generated content, that means what you watching this show right now, what you post on social media, will be regulated under Bill C-11. And the government doesn't want to allow MPs, the people you vote for, to represent your interests in the House of Commons to vote, or well, to debate this issue at all. I mean, it's it's just frankly shocking stuff. And and 
And really, I, I think it's just one more drop in the bucket of, of Trudeau's larger plan, which is to increase the size of government all the way through social media, through what we see on, on the internet, which was never the intention of the internet. And frankly, it's just all going a little bit sideways these days when, when the size of government is, is, is expanding so far and so rapidly that now the government is telling us what is and what isn't Canadian content. And it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah, and I think this ties in very well with our, our next story, which uh, we've covered at True North, the fact that trust in legacy media has reached an all-time low. And this is from a, a report by the Reuters Institute and Oxford University. They found in their 2022 digital news report that only 39% of Anglophone Canadians uh, say they trust most news. This is a 16% drop over 2016. Uh, a little bit more in for the French media, 47% of Francophones trust more news, which is an 8% drop. Now, whether uh, Francophones are more gullible or French media is better, I'll let you be the judge of that. I'm not going to get that or we'll, we'll definitely not be approved uh, media if the Liberals have their way. Uh, but the combined rating for Canada-wide is that most news has 42% trust, and that's a drop of 13% of in a period of about six years. And I would suspect, and I, I don't know this for a fact, that that drop has mostly been in the last two years, because I think COVID has been the, the real game changer in plummeting trust. And the reason I bring this up and, and tie it into the story we were just talking about, Harrison, is that we are right now seeing that Canadians are less willing to go along with things just because they're put in front of them. And I think we know Canadians are, are being more uh, eager to pursue independent media because they aren't trusting what they're getting. And this leads into a lot of people saying, well, that's just misinformation. No one's looking in the mirror and saying, wait, maybe we are the problem for putting information out that people don't find trustworthy. Right. And, and I think this is a, a broader trend across the board. As you said, this is definitely a factor of the last two years. People are starting to realize that the, the sources they used to be able to trust are no longer uh, no longer serving their needs. They, they can see through what's going on. And I think this is a this is a broader issue we're seeing where trust in our institutions across the board, Andrew, have have dropped precipitously. And it's really, uh, really, I think, a problem. But like you said, you don't, we're not really seeing the media, the legacy media, uh, take these criticisms on board. We're not really seeing them change their, their reporting or their style at all to try and regain trust. What we're seeing, in fact, like we, like we talked about at the top of the show, is the CBC digging their heels in to back up a government which they know had no justification to invoke the, the Emergencies Act. And I want to go through some more, of this, uh, some more of this article because it highlights the outlets that Canadians or that, uh, yeah, that Canadians distrust the most. I was, I was wondering if it was an Anglophone or Francophone thing, but no, this is across the board. And it says, and, and Andrew, I, I'm totally surprised to see this, but apparently it says CBC News, the Toronto Star and CP24 are some of the most distrusted or, uh, yeah, ha have the highest levels of distrust. CBC has the highest level of distrust? Not possible. I, I find it hilarious. I mean, you mentioned something before we started. I was about to steal your joke, but I figure I'll give you credit for it. Uh, because you said that CP24 is like 90% weather, which I think is right. And then, and I was thinking the other 10% is traffic. So it's right. like if even people don't trust the traffic and weather reports on CP24, I think there's a big problem in Canadian media. But you're right. CBC News, we're told that we need to put more money, more money into this. That's the problem. We need more investment. Canadians love it. They love Shit's Creek and they love, I mean, I can't, 
oh, there's a joke there that I don't think I'm allowed to say. They love Shit's Creek, but they don't like uh, CBC content on, on news because they don't trust it. And this is very Trudeau-pian in a way because Trudeau will always say that, well, you know, anytime he gets caught, it's all a learning opportunity for all of us. And this is the media's approach too. When we don't trust them, it's because, well, we need to, we need to be better. We, we, aren't, we need to be smarter. No, exactly. And, and, and I mean, the CBC, the Toronto Star and CP24 are pretty much, I mean, at, at this point, what we see from the Toronto Star is not that different from what we see from the Globe and Mail. And sometimes, although we do have we do have lots of friends of the National Post, we do see sometimes they'll pick up Canadian press articles and they'll be in a way kind of parroting the exact same reporting as what you'll see from the Toronto Star. And I just think that uh, really what we're seeing is is across the board, a, a huge uh, lack of trust in our institutions. And I think that'll have significant issues down the road the, the more we go with this until until things until things change and until these outlets actually start to take responsibility for the situation that uh, they find themselves in. Now, we've, we wrote this up at, at True North uh, last week, and this is, this is not really a surprising headline, but I think one that just reinforces what we're talking about here, which says, leftists approve of legacy media coverage. Conservatives believe they are mistreated. And that was a poll that basically showed that 67% said that media coverage of their political views, 67% of conservatives so that media coverage of their political views was unfair, while only 22% uh, said that the coverage was fair. Um, and those on that 61% of the respondents identified themselves as being on the political left, said that the coverage that of their political views was fair. What a surprise, Andrew, that uh, all the liberals that are in these legacy media outlets represent the left of the political spectrum fairly, and the people on the right don't feel well represented. I mean, I think that... Uh, I think this statistic just shows to people why they should be watching coverage like 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 what we have at True North, because clearly what's going on is is not in the Canadians best interest. Yeah, I mean, anytime you see an outlet that tends to be hit by both sides, it's probably an indication that outlet is doing something good because no side is thinking they're great. I mean, right now you get the left that says, oh, why can't all media be like CBC and the Toronto Star? And, you know, people on the right saying, oh, why can't it all be like, I don't know, the Toronto Sun or Fox News or whatever. But it's like, in reality, you need someone that's going to call a spade a spade or you need to, as a consumer... Uh, gather your news from different perspectives here. I, I want to see if we can squeeze in one more here because I think this is related to all of this. And, and it's this idea that if people don't trust institutions, if people don't trust the mainstream media, it's because they're the problem. They're the ones that aren't enlightened enough. This uh, story has been making the rounds, an abacus poll that found 40% of Canadians are conspiracy theorists. <gasps> Gasp, shock. Horror, who knew? 40% of Canadians are conspiracy theorists. Now, what does that mean? Well, I, I don't want to do a full point-by-point -point breakdown of the poll because I think there are some methodological errors here that do need to be addressed. But generally speaking, they polled 1,500 people. They found that, oh, 44% of Canadians believe big events like wars, recessions, and the outcomes of elections are controlled by small groups of people working in secret against us. I mean, that's just a sloppily worded question. Like, governments are small groups of people working, often in secret. Uh, one third of Canadians believe in the so-called white replacement theory. And again, this one, there are a lot of problems with the uh, question that we should do a, a delve into. This one I find hilarious, though. 
One in five Canadians believe it is definitely or probably true that the World Economic Forum is a small is a group of global elites with a secretive strategy to impose their ideas on the world. I think that's their mission statement. Like I literally, <laughs> that is that is exactly what the World Economic Forum is. Now that doesn't mean they're you know microchipping us and pulling the strings on everyone like marionettes, but they literally are a small secretive group that meets in the Swiss mountains. I covered them a few weeks ago, and they have all these ideas that they want to impose on the world. So that's I mean that's not a conspiracy theory. That's public policy. But here's the problem, and you you tie this all in. Anyone who disagrees with the narrative that's being peddled by the, the so-called authorities is called a conspiracy theorist. This word means nothing now. Well, it means nothing, Andrew, because you can be a conspiracy theorist and then you can be a prophet five months later, basically. What, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, that's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth, it feels like these days. And of course- Five months? <laughs> Yeah. Well, of course, what they'll do is they'll basically they'll lump in the most absurd claims with the people that uh, that believe, for example, like the World Economic Forum is a small group, as you said, that want to push their ideas into people. So they'll they'll take legitimate issues, legitimate problems that people have and 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 concerns that people have and then lump them in with the most absurd and most crazy uh, far fetched ideas and then put them all together. And really, when you, if you go through this article, this National Post article, what you quickly realize is that this is just a Canada bashing article. They were looking for a grabbing, an attention grabbing headline to talk about, of course, the white replacement theory. They put in, as you said, Andrew, a, uh, a you know, there, there's, there's lots of talk about the methodology of this of this poll. But of course, what they were looking for was the big attention grabbing headline that said millions of Canadians believe in the white replacement theory. And the truth is. It was 1,500 people, of which 500 of those 1,500 randomly selected people uh, agreed with a sloppily worded question. Now, Andrew, as well, the thing that we all know about polls these days and what I've come to realize over the past five or six years is that pollsters, legacy media pollsters and pollsters that have been around for a long time have consistently failed to accurately poll people who are traditionally on the right. That's why we've seen some crazy polling that, that indicates something that is not actually going to end up happening or come true. We saw it in 2016. We saw it with Brexit. We see it all the time that, that poll, pollsters seem to be just unable to poll a good number of the population of our country. So I wouldn't put much stock in polls you see that, that have crazy headlines like this. But again, it's all, it's all part of this, this idea that we need to play up the mistrust in institutions or at least demonize people who rightly, I think, have specific concerns that uh, end up being labeled as conspiracy theorists. Like I said, I mean, a conspiracy theorist may end up being a prophet in a few years. You just never know at this rate. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, you are right about the sloppy wording of, of this thing and, and polls that tend to underrepresent people on the right. And, and a lot of the time that, that isn't deliberate to the pollsters. There's a natural selection bias in how polls are accessed. I mean, any poll that's done online is going to carve out certain people that are not on the Internet, that are not as adept at it. So there's an age bias in there. Uh, you also have people that don't have cell phones sometimes are excluded from how they get access to the numbers because they'll get a laundry list of mobile numbers. And it used to be that they were only polling landlines. So you, you'd miss people that had cell phones only. Like, so there are a lot of areas where even if there's not malicious intent, they're not capturing a whole sample, which is why extrapolating from a, a sample of a thousand to a country of 36 million 
is difficult. And I, I just want to pull up one just before we close things out here, because I got an, an online poll months ago that I screenshotted and tweeted about from ECOS conducted for the World Health Organization and the Canadian government. So have fun with that one. And they were gauging conspiracy theories as well. And one of them was to use a scale to indicate how likely it is that each statement is true. One of the tr uh, statements was, I think that government agencies closely monitor citizens. Well, I do think that. And I don't think that makes you a conspiracy theorist. But if I were to put, yes, I'm 100% certain of that, they're going to use that to say, oh, yes, this many Canadians are conspiracy theorists. I believe there are important things that happen in the world which the public is never informed about. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I think there are secret organizations that influence political decisions. Yeah, I mean, that you, you can believe these things in broad strokes and not be a conspiracy theorist. But now we're in this era where as anyone who says something even remotely critical of this narrative is, is seen as a conspiracy theorist. And all it's doing is trying to marginalize people and say, well, we shouldn't listen to them. They're stupid. They're troglodytes. They, we don't need to represent them. Politicians don't need to speak for them. And, and in the end, you have a, a society that is increasingly polarized. So uh, we, we've rambled on a little bit here. And I say we, I have rambled on a little bit here, but thank you for indulging. Uh, Harrison Faulkner, thank you very much. Uh, how can people learn about your new show? Well, you can go to, you can find it on, on our website, tnc.news, and you can also find it on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. So where you find Andrew's show or where you find Candace's show, you'll see my show as well. And we've got new shows that are, uh, that are coming out at True North. We also have Rupa Subramania, who recently joined us, who launched a podcast. And uh, at this rate, like I said on my show last, yesterday it was, uh, you know, at this rate, who knows, you may be having new shows pretty much every month. So you can find my show at the same place you'll find Andrews and Candace's on YouTube, on Rumble, on Facebook, and on our website. You didn't mention the name in that. Ratioed. Ratioed. There we go. Yeah, that's the name. <laughs> I was trying to say, like, tell us the show, and you did everything but telling us about the show. But uh, uh, Ratioed, it's a great show. Rupa's show, fantastic as well. And if I can Vanna White this thing over here, there we go. New book coming out next week, The Freedom Convoy, the inside story of three weeks that shook the world. Thanks to all of you who have pre-ordered that already. Harrison Faulkner, Andrew Lawton, in for Candace. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.